Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast. This is unquestionably the most star power we've ever assembled for our podcast. We have Mark Leishman, Danny Willett, Jim Furyk, and last but not least, Henrik Stenson. Thank you guys for joining us, taking some time out of the day. <laughs> Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Right. Good to be Callaway Golf hey, Podcast, Jeff. one of the many podcasts we have on the Callaway Golf Network. Yeah, Jim. Don't you think that Phil Nicholson's going to be a little upset when you just started, so we have more star power <laughs> on this and he's not here? Oh, that's a good point. Be a bummed about that. I mean, uh, you know, he, he might, might be, but Phil, Phil, if if you want to text Bjorn and get the link, you're welcome to join us as well. We, we're, we're not going to hold anyone off of this one. Um, we have lots of great content coming out on CallawayGolf.com. Tons of it starring these guys that we've shot over the past couple years. But really, it's just a chance to kind of talk to you guys uh, on on kind of the strangest Masters Thursday uh, I can ever remember. Danny, as someone who uh, you know, obviously this week means so much to you being a master's champion and stuff what's the week been like kind of just surrealness of kind of what we're all doing i've not had any bad shots this week which is a nice one <laughs> um no it's it has been a bit surreal it's been you know it's been nice there's been a lot of things on, on on the golf channel on sky sports and stuff where you can watch in and they've they've done a 2016 um recap today and i was i was in with Doherty on sky sports doing some stuff with that today so uh Watch the par three tournament yesterday. So Nicholas's grandson have the ace on nine in the par three tournament. They're still trying to do lots and get it out there. But yeah, it's it's obviously very strange times. But um, but yeah, hopefully um, everyone's safe and this can all get back to normal at some point and uh, and we can hopefully get back there. And Mark, for you, uh, I've seen lots of pictures of you cutting the grass, getting a, a lot of time on the on, on the tractors up there. H- have you been staying busy? And how's the how's the homeschooling been going? Yeah, we uh, yeah got the three kids at home. Um, they're off off school until September, I think. So um, been learning a lot about uh, about second grade subjects <laughs> and all that. Um, cutting a lot of grass, uh, a lot of garage hockey. Um, played golf yesterday for the first time. So um, yeah, just enjoying the time with the kids and and my wife really. Um, you know, I haven't really had an off season with the the way the Australian schedule works and, and the US schedule for about twelve years. So, um, kind of embracing it, trying to take that as a positive, and because um, you know there's not a whole lot of positives in this. So, uh, I'm looking at that as one and trying to uh, keep things, you know, just uh, trying to look at that to keep us keep us all sane. And Jim, uh, what what have you been doing? Uh, you know, this this I think you said right before we started. This is uh, not a normal time of year for you, where where you've been away from the golf course as much. Tell people kind of what you've been up to. Yeah, really, just hanging out with the family. Uh, there's, you know, I think we're on the road so much, we travel so much, we don't get large blocks of time at home. And and this is really at home, right? You're not leaving. You're not hardly going to the store. Um, so. Uh, honestly, I'm like on tour, I'm like the most organized person probably there is. You know, I always get teased that I have like the neatest locker on tour. Uh, but my, my like workshop, my office, everything I do in the garage is a complete mess here. So I've been like hanging shelves and putting stuff together and just getting thing or- things organized. And I'm, I'm about one tenth of the way there. So, you know, if this lasts like another six months, I'll have it all set up and ready to go. That's the hard part about a new house, right? You got all this stuff you got to do. Well, yeah, it's nice though. It's nice. It, yeah. You know, two things. I I love my family. I'm I'm hanging out with them, and uh, we built a new house a couple of years ago, and I love the house. So uh, it's a good thing because we're we're spending a lot of time here. 
Perfect. Henrik, I, I've heard reports that you are the strictest homeschool instructor in the country. And in <laughs> fact, most of your kids have received detentions day after day. Can you refute these reports and how, how is your homeschool situation going? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, they uh, actually started up pretty quickly after we got uh, cancelled up at, uh, at Sawgrass. So it was, I think, the midweek of the week after there they started and they uh, they're doing a good three or four hours a day uh, on the computers and in their books. So uh, their teachers been being uh, they've been pretty pretty hard on them. I'm I'm probably not that hard. I, I try and help out a little bit with getting them out of bed for some of the Zoom meetings and and the call-ins and things like that. But um, yeah, they're doing a good job, and I think that's a that's a big challenge for everyone. I mean, we're so used to having the kids in school, and all of a sudden they they're at home and. And they got to, yeah, it's a little bit harder, I guess, for, for a parent to try and get them to do the work than it is for the teacher in school, I, I would imagine at least. But uh, uh, it's certainly a challenge uh, at times. Other than that, it's um, like the guys are saying, I mean, there's a lot of negative. Uh, there's a big negative in, in all of this, but we, we try and see the positives. Spending time with the family is one uh, for sure. Um, like Jim said, I... I'm the same. I got my my garage and and my closet, and there's a few things that's certainly been neglected over time and and needs a bit of tidying up. So there's there's some some projects to be done, and uh, and then I'm just trying to at this point more be into my workouts and uh, and doing them and at home. And I have to admit, I think I've been more tired from some of the home home workouts than I've, than I've been maybe when I come from the gym at times. So I think we're getting some good work done uh, on the physical side as well to try and stay in shape. Nice. Well, we got a bunch of Facebook and uh, Twitter questions coming in. So let me just kind of start rifling through them. Scott Anderson on Facebook wants to know what countries are you guys all in right now? Um, you guys are all, all in I in think the it's US, a simple right? answer. Yeah, it's an, it's an easy answer for that at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah so you guys are all in the US. Yeah. All right, next one from Mark Hasty. This is for Mark Leishman. Uh, he wants to know the yard routine. He wants to know how you're keeping that yard looking so good because he saw your recent post of, uh, of the tractor going in the green, uh, the home green there. How, what are the secrets? Yeah, the recent, uh, recent post, it's, it's coming out of dormancy. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty good time of year, actually. I can, I'm you know, normally only here for a, a week and then gone for a couple. Um, just trying to fertilize as, as much as I can and um, get it to come out of the ground. It's, it's, it's kind of coming out of dormancy, but um, just making sure it's all level, top dressing, um, pretty much keeping the weeds out. Apart from that, there's not much you can do. So, um, yeah, all the all the, the hard stuffs now, you know, shoveling sand and, um, and coring it. But, you know, the fun stuff will come in a, in a week or two when I start mowing it. Steve Reed says, can't wait to have you all back on the course and missing all you guys stay safe. We echo those sentiments as well. Um, how do you guys, you know, just whoever wants to take it first, how do you guys stay sharp during this? Because we, we don't know when we're coming back. And it'll start with you, Jim. You know, how, how do you, you know, because so much of, of golf is routine, right? And you talk about how organized you are, but just the mental approach of knowing, okay, this is Augusta week. And I know I'm going to have my Augusta routine and then I'm going to either play Hilton Head or I'm not. And then my schedule keeps going. The unpredictability of what we're going to see. How, how do you? How are you mentally kind of preparing for that? Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like a, the longest rain delay ever, right? You always have to be ready to go, <laughs> but but uh, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. So um, you know, I've kind of chosen to to really stay at home and be with my family and 
Uh, I've taken some long blocks off in the winter uh, in the past where I'll go, you know, three, four, five weeks without touching the club. Um, I have a, you know, I have a synthetic putting green in the backyard. Um, you know, leash, you actually don't have to shovel sand and mow it. It, it actually is pretty nice all the time. I want to think about that. Uh, I've been putting a lot. My, my, uh, my putting has been a little bit weak this, uh, you know, the last, I don't know, eight months or so. I've been a little unhappy. So I've been really working hard on my strokes. Uh, putting a lot in the backyard, uh, trying to stay sharp. And, um, you know, I, I guess I have a club in my hand. I'm trying to make some swings, but it's going to be tough, uh, you know, to, to kind of have that feel, to kind of have that uh, without being at the golf course. I don't know if everyone else is playing or not, but without being at the course, it's going to be tough to keep your game sharp. And, and even so, uh, I think we'd all agree that you stay sharp in tournament golf, right? When, when you put yourself under the gun, under pressure in tournament situations, um, that's how you stay sharp, and that's going to be tough for anyone to do. Danny, same question. Yeah, I've um, I've been doing a lot of training, a lot of pellets and stuff, um, a lot of gym stuff, trying to keep fit and strong. Um, and then the same as all the other guys, really. It's it's an interesting time. I think to stay sharp is probably at the back of most of our minds because, you know, the earliest this is going to be out of is probably in the next six or seven weeks at the very earliest. So using this time to actually, you know, to be with the kids, to be with Nick at home, spend proper time, you know, it's just it's a different kind of concept usually when I take my time off it's usually in December and it's freezing cold in England and we're seeing family and friends and trying to slot everyone in here and there but this is like real real good quality time with just us four we haven't you know we, we don't really leave the house a great deal um, I've seen Foles probably six times uh, in the three weeks and you know obviously doing proper social distancing we're just you know we're going through a few swings and a few moves but not really putting loads of pressure on trying to do everything you know as much as possible because we don't really know when we're going to go and there's no point in you know kind of being getting too stringent on it and getting too annoyed if things aren't going great just because you know there's nothing really to, to go at just yet so yeah just trying to stay like I said more, more for me it'd be body body stuff trying to keep the body fit and strong and make sure that there's no injuries you know underlying in that and so that you can get rid of all that so when the, the gun does go and we actually start to play um, we're going to hopefully have three months of, of real good, solid fitness work underneath our belt, which is something I've not been able to do um, since turning pro is have that length of time um, training without the worry of being stiff the next day, um, you know, and trying to play competitive golf. So I think when the schedule finally does get released, like, and we know we're definitely going to play, we're, we're going to all have two or three weeks, I would have thought, notice. And that's probably then when, you know, you really then start the grind back as to, um, uh, as to get the game sharp, sharp. All right, Danny, just opened up a can of worms. Favorite Peloton instructor and, <laughs> I'm and a, biggest. I'm a, I, I live on the thing, so. No, I'm a, I'm a climber. I've discovered that my legs don't go fast enough, but they can push quite a lot of power out. So I'm, I'm, I'm oh, all nice. about the hill climbs. You got to try Power Zone, the Power Zone training. I'm, I'm addicted to that thing. It's the best. Yeah, right, no, we'll talk, we'll talk for two hours good. some other time. <laughs> we'll just keep going. Uh, Henrik, question for you from Clayton Anderson. Is the three-wood off the tee an intimidation strategy for other shorter guys when you blow it by their drivers? <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a faith, faithful club for me for many years. Uh, and I've had a lot of good both tee shots and, and second shots into greens, obviously, with, with the old trusty there. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been something that's, that's worked out pretty well for me. A uh, couple of different reasons, I said. Sometimes the driver hasn't been cooperating as as well as I would have liked it to do, and and some other times uh, it's just a 
something that fits more for the type of golf course that we play and and so on when when I don't shape the ball a lot it's it's been pretty handy to hit something 280 290 sometimes even straight out and you don't have to worry about any dog legs and putting any side spin on it so um, yeah it's it's done me done me good over the years Jim, question for you from Chris H. Golf. He's looking forward to seeing your no laying up match, so I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything. Did you enjoy your time filming with the no laying up guys? Of course, some of the most popular uh, uh, content creators on on the internet and golf space for sure. And uh, recently you spent some time with them. Yeah, I had a good time. Um, that was all set up by Callaway, actually. Uh, they're huge Callaway supporters, and uh, they live here in my hometown of Jacksonville. So a uh, great group of guys. It was really we just uh, – we screwed off a lot. I mean, we had a good time, goofed <laughs> off. It's uh, it's a little goofy, but hopefully everyone finds it funny. And uh, I won't spoil the outcome as well. But uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. I've played, uh, I've played with Solly a couple times since. He's a, he's a pretty good stick, actually. Yeah, I think he's trying to qualify for either some elite amateur tournaments, or I think he has a dream of uh, potentially qualifying for for a U.S. Open one of these days. I got you. Yeah, I've played golf with him when he shot under par, uh, you know, from the yeah. back tee. So uh, he's a good player. Uh, that was when we were supposed to crush his dreams. Okay, we'll let him get off easy. Uh, Mark from Lee Stevenson, is it oh, hard to find? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> is it hard to find motivation to practice when you have no event to practice for? I mean, you have the Leishman Lager Open you could practice for. You just kind of yeah, I've got a uh, a perfect what is it? Perfect practice putting competition yeah. tonight. Um, oh, nice. But I guess it's um, this is one time where you can. Um, kind of not be sharp for a little bit golf wise. Um, I'm kind of not doing any practice, but I'm still trying to keep my body in shape. Like Danny was saying, trying to, um, trying to get better that way. Injury prevention, um, you know, just put a padlock on the fridge and, and try and stay away from that. Cause that's, you know, that's hard for me to stay away from when you're bored. So, um, yeah, Leroy's actually a good mate of mine from back in Australia. So Glad to see you on here, Leroy. Nice. All right. Um, one fun thing that you guys can participate in tomorrow or any one of you guys listening is we're having a uh, kind of a major trivia question. I don't know if you guys remember the HQ trivia game that was hot for, for a brief minute, but we're kind of bringing that back tomorrow. CallawayGolf.com slash FanBeat. If you go there now, you can watch an Amanda Balionis video that shows you how to play the game. You can answer the first question and be registered. Uh, the game is tomorrow, April 10th at 530 Eastern, 230 on the West Coast. Callaway Golf dot com slash f-a-n-b-e-a-t um prizes include a maverick driver jaws wedges chrome soft golf balls and more so i figured i would ask you guys a couple questions to give everyone an example as to what they may be seeing at home so question number one which of you four has the lowest career round in the masters competition and what was that score i'll start with guesses from henrik do you know which two of you have the same low round there and what it was. I think that would be myself and Mark. And what was the score? 65. Okay, you are wrong. Uh, Dan, <laughs> would you like to guess who has the lowest uh, score of the foursome? Well, if, if, if Henrik shot 65, then it's obviously lower than that. I mean, Jim's played there a bunch. Um, Leisha's played there. I mean, they've all played there probably more than me, actually. Um, and my lowest is 67, is it? So I'm gonna, I don't know. Um, who's had a sneaky round? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Lee 64. 
All right, Mark and Jim, what is your lowest round at Augusta National? I think it's 66, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Leash at 64. Uh, Henrik, Henrik said he shot 65, so i got to go with Willett. Uh, Mark? I reckon – I think my lowest is 66. It is? Um, Mate, yeah, I mean, Henrik reckons he shot 65. Well, so I want to know when Henrik shot 65. I think no, maybe. I haven't done it. I don't think I've done that. No, <laughs> I don't even know if I've done that. I'll, um, I'll say me and Jim, 66. Yeah. Well, you would be correct, and you would be potentially winning a Callaway uh, Maverick driver, Jaws, Wedge, Chrome, Soft, Golf, Ball, and more. You shot yeah. that in the first round of 2013, and Jim in the first round of 2009. All right, one more quick uh, trivia question. What did question. I shoot? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, higher than 66. <laughs> I have all kinds of sex, but you know what, Henrik? I'll, I'll trade it for a green jacket. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, Henrik, you are the only one of the foursome to make two eagles in a round. Do you remember which round you made two eagles at Augusta National? Yeah, that was the first round in 2012. Yes, you are correct. Oh. And then I, finished, I finished with a quad. <laughs> well, you did, but you had two eagles in the round, which was the question. Yeah, just yeah, to, but I just needed that. To, I, I needed that to save up so I could I could use them for the quarter of eighteen in the trees. Like a like and a nice episode. You were even Steven at the end of that round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, Danny shot a bogey free sixty-seven in the final round uh, of his Masters win. Before Danny, who was the no good, previous though. Masters winner with a bogey free final round of sixty-seven or lower. Olasabal. Charles Schwartz. Not so. correct. No, not correct. Mark, Tiger. you got a guess? Tiger, good guess, not correct. Mark, see if you can bring uh, this one home. Geez. Trevor Immelman? The answer is the aforementioned Phil Mickelson, who now makes a mention in the podcast in 2010. I believe you'll be able to watch that on Saturday on CBS when they show some of these old master's rounds. Yeah. So everybody tomorrow, get out to CallawayGolf.com slash FanBeat, F-A-N-B-E-A-T. Go take your 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 chances at these uh, trivia questions. What's great is some of you guys, I know, Henrik, you did, uh, and Mark, when you shot with us recently, you guys voiced some of these questions. Um, yeah. So all all to... I can say, though, is that it's good things I'm getting chrome wedges and Maverick drivers for, for free because I, I sure won't win any. <laughs> No, no, you won't be <laughs> winning a lot of But you did fool everybody. If we were playing a poker tournament, you, you, your bluff of calling the 65 definitely, definitely <laughs> the bluff, would have worked. The, the, bluff, the bluff of calling your own 65 that you know you've not had was impressive. Yeah. All right, let's get some more questions. Uh, whoever wants to answer this one, speaking of wedges, this is from Baker Tree one for chipping loose with release or tighter to minimize moving parts. Who wants to help Baker Tree one Loose. 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 Mark? Yeah, probably loose. You don't want to be tight when you're chipping. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question from Mark on YouTube. I don't think it's Mark Leishman. Uh, who's going to win this year's Masters? Uh, I guess the November Masters. They want you guys to prognosticate and, and fortune tell. Henrik, I'm assuming you're going to say yourself with your final round 65, which features Absolutely. multiple Absolutely. Couldn't have Eagles. it any other way, could we? <laughs> so if that happens, you heard it here first. I love it. I love it. Normally, you say Tommy Fleetwood, though, whenever you're asked to predict a winner. Yeah, okay. Tommy Fleetwood, 65, bogey-free, final round. Excellent. Danny, <laughs> any predictions? I mean, if, if uh, Rory's probably sat at home in some of the – what was in some of the best form of his life, so hopefully he can keep that going. He's Obviously, he's going to be in with a good sniff. I think, he, I think this could be the year that he, that he finally gets his grand slam. Yeah, you know, Rory's been destroying me on the peloton. I did that ride a couple Fridays ago. 
and, yeah, and his video. his warm up first couple minutes were higher than I've ever um, achieved on the bike. Jim, who do you, who do you think uh, we should be looking for the uh, the November Masters? Yeah, I was thinking Rory too, but uh, you know, I I, I got to think in November it's going to play extremely long and wet. It's mm -hmm. going to be hard to get firm and fast, so I'm going with someone that really, really bombs it. Uh, <laughs> and Rory doesn't it. do that. <laughs> well, I was, but he was already taken. I feel like, you know, we're just oh. doubling up. So, a like, uh, how about uh, Dustin Johnson? All right. And Mark, Mark, what about you? I reckon uh, Xander Shoffley. He's been close a few mm. times. Good player. Um, good bloke. Yeah, I'll go with Xander. Right, I, like I like how that. we've all been really modest there and no one said the cells. I like that. We're all <laughs> humble. sort of did. We're all yeah. humble. Bogey 365 is mine. <laughs> Get chance <laughs> off. <laughs> all right. Henry's, Henry's going to quad the last for 64. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if I could predict myself, but I'm not even in the tournament yet. So that, that, that wouldn't work out too well. Yeah, no, that, that, wouldn't, that, would, that would make it a limiting factor. That'd make a limiting yes. factor. All right, Brent LaCroix wants to know, how often do you guys communicate with your coaches and what suggestions do you have for aspiring club pros who want to be full-time PGA Tour coaches? So, Mark, you want to maybe take that first? How often are you working with your team? And any suggestions to some up-and-coming coaches? Yeah, so golf coach um, Dennis McDade, he lives back in Melbourne. Um, I see him probably four to five times a year, so say every three months. Um, second grade maths that I'm teaching my son's kicking in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but not. Uh, I don't speak to him that often. Um, you know, we we go back and forth on um, text messages a lot, just about everything except golf. And then, you know, I've been with him 19 years, so um, don't feel like we work on too much new. It's all pretty much the same stuff. Um, yeah, so once every two or three months, that's about. Yeah, when I say Dennis. Right. What about you, Jim? Uh, I talk to my, my – my father's my teacher. I talk to my dad often. Uh, that makes he sense. Lives, he lives half the year in Jacksonville. We play a lot of golf. We play two, three times a week. And um, when he's in Arizona, uh, we, we talk on the phone probably once a week about golf, about my swing. Uh, if I'm playing an event, we might talk two or three nights in a week. But uh, qu quite often. I mean, I'm lucky to have dad uh, to be my teacher. And – uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about a heck of a lot more than golf, but it slips in there quite a bit. Yeah. And Danny, you mentioned earlier, you're still doing some safe social distancing work with your coach right now, but in, in a normal, you know, routine, how, how often are you working with, with, with your coach? Yeah. Me and Foles see each other quite a lot. We live on the same, we live on the same course. So, um, we'll see each mm -hmm. other, um, probably three, three times a week on an off week. And then obviously at a tournament is obviously there. Um, probably 15 weeks out of the year, so I'll I see him I see I see him probably a good bit more than what a lot of guys would see would see their own coaches. So, um, but that's what it is. Hello, Mister. Oh, who do we have joining us now? We've got little Zach with his new saber tooth tiger. Are you gonna say hello? Oh, hello. Oh, lost hello. it. Yeah. Hi, Zach. Hello. Hi. I like the saber tooth tiger. <laughs> Henry, how you about go. you with 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 working with your coach? Yeah, I mean, I gotta like like most of these guys uh, probably have uh, have more than one coach. Uh, I certainly do, and right. got a, got Pete Cowan that helps me with the with the long game and the short game, and then I have Phil Phil uh, Kenyon back in England also that that works me with uh, with me on the putting, and then uh, got another another couple of people involved and uh, kind of my sports psychi uh, psychiatrist as well back in Sweden. So. Uh, 
yeah, they we, we tend to work some at events and they come out and, and see me here in Florida or when I go back to Sweden in the summertime for a few weeks, I, I catch up with them there too. So uh, it's kind of a rolling schedule, nothing that's like every month or every three weeks or whatever. We kind of make, make it uh, a little bit as we go along and, and when it fits into the tournament schedule and, and what's uh, what needs to be worked on. So... Uh, we kind of make it up as we go along to, to one part and then try and plan, uh, plan ahead on a few things as well. Next question from Marty W. for you, Henrik. Uh, when you win with your closing round 65 with multiple Eagles, what will your champion's dinner be? It could only be one coming from Sweden. It's got to be meatballs, right? Yeah, I like that. Swedish meatballs. There you go. I yeah. like that. Danny, Danny how, much, how much time and effort did you put into coming up with your menu? I mean, because it's you know everyone like scrutinizes it pretty pretty toughly. Yeah, no, we 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 me me and me and my wife did quite a lot. Nick used to be Nick used to be a chef, so we came up with stuff and trying to trying to get a, a few bits of where we're from in there with the Henderson's relish and Yorkshire puddings and and try to come some local things that we would have ordinarily at home. So yeah, we we thought about it a good bit and um and it was yeah it was nice. I think most of the guys enjoyed it and. And liked it, and it's always Bubba. If Bubba eats it, then you know that you've done an all right job. So um, <laughs> as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't that's send it straight back to the kitchen, yeah, that's 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 the, that's the gauge. That's the gauge. I like it. I like it. Hey Jim, one question I want to ask you. One of these schedule kind of—I don't want to call them quirks at this point because no one knows what's going on—but there's the potential for a U.S. Open to end on a Saturday and then a Ryder Cup week to start on that Monday. Sorry, on a Sunday and then and the Ryder Cup week start the next week. What do you think that would be like having, you know, as someone who's played and, you know, won a U.S. Open and then captained a Ryder Cup team? What do you think that transition would be like going from finishing a U.S. Open on Sunday to, you know, it's not like it's a lot of travel, but but certainly just the, the mental strain for, for yeah. those players? Yeah, the U.S. Open is always a mental – I mean, it's a mental and physical test. I think uh, we all want to kind of decompress after that week. Um, and then you turn into – right into a Ryder Cup where, again, it's the – I think the greatest mental test – as well so um you know good news is it starts on friday and both teams have to do it so uh but it's for sure but i think we're all in the same boat i mean you have to kind of think that you know we're going to compress a lot of events together in the fall but the other option is not playing them at all and i, I think all four of us would you know hey right now we just want to play golf so yeah. uh, if you're going to compress a bunch of majors and the Ryder cup and throw them all together i i think we're all game we just want to play yeah, and Henrik, as, as, as an open champion, because um, I know it's illegal to do any type of content with you without mentioning uh, that you are an open champion, what were your thoughts when, when they did cancel that for you as opposed to everything else which has kind of been postponed? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously a sad decision, but uh, not something that's not been thought through properly and, and all, all the different options uh, been uh, been looked at. And I mean, the window... The window for the Open Championship is certainly smaller than, than a lot of these other tournaments because, like we said, we can play the Masters in, in November, uh, but we're not going to be able to play, uh, play an Open Championship in, in November. So, uh, and, and given the situation back in the UK, and, and they obviously feel like just shifting it a little bit, not really going to give them much more chances yeah. of, of playing I would imagine so um, you know sometimes kind of enough is enough on the on, on the trying to figure it out I guess and, and you just have to you just have to be realistic and, and make sure that we can we can have a great open championship next year at the same venue and just push everything forward uh, by a year 
Yeah, and then you have the 150th, of course, will still be at St. Andrews. All right, this is for everybody. I'll start with you, Danny. Uh, Billy Connell wants to know, what is your favorite and least favorite hole at Augusta? Mm, uh, favorite hole? Um, 16. 16 is a really good hole. Can have a really easy pin or a really difficult pin, depending on the wind. I, I like 16, really good par three. Um, and then four is an absolute brute of a par three. You know, when, when they get that tee box all the way back there and, and took that tight front right flag, I mean, you're hitting four iron into a, a three by three yard square there. So, yeah, two par, I think the par threes around Augusta are fantastic. So, yeah, they're, they're two ones that jump out at me. How about you, Mark? Same question. I think 12 is a great hole. Um, it's an easy hole if there's no wind. And then it's probably the hardest hole on the course if there's, um, if there's a wind because you've got no idea where it's coming from. Um, so I think that's the best hole. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of great holes, um, and I'm with Danny. I think four is by far the hardest hole in that golf course. Um, <laughs> it's just it's got me. Um, well, last year it wasn't too bad, but the years before that, I mean, if I if I had played that half decent, it probably would have been, you know, might have had a chance at a couple more Masters. Yeah, shout out to Justin Ray who sent me some really cool stats to share with you guys. Jim, you're the only player of this group to hit every fairway in the Masters uh, in a round. You've done it three times. How about your favorite uh, and least favorite holes? Uh, my favorite is 13, just from the risk reward. You can make a three or a seven. And uh, my least favorite, I'm, I'm going to just keep piling on. I mean, what's my least favorite hole? Number four, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everyone was very politically correct in saying it was hard. So I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. It's hard. I don't, I don't know if the green quite fits the uh, amount of club or the distance that we're hitting in there anymore. Henrik? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'll probably pick uh, 11 just for the for the second shot. I think that's always a that's always an extra tickle when you're standing on that mound or kind of up, up elevated and then you're going to hit that forearm or whatever it is down to that green with a crosswind. It's... Uh, <laughs> it's just such a hard challenge that second shot I think so I'll, I'll pick that just because I'm a bit of a masochist so I'll, I like to punish myself <laughs> with with I a like forehand on that one yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah I've I, I never been keen on these long par threes I think the eighth that sawgrass is uh, is probably the worst hole on that golf course and, and the fourth is probably the worst one at Augusta so uh, yeah three arm par threes to and, and here, like we're saying, it's it's a green that's very undulated and and uh, yeah, it doesn't really fit uh, fit the, that kind of club to go into that target. It's going to be weird in November when you ace it the fourth hole to make your third eagle of of the day as as you shoot that sixty five. <laughs> All these negative thoughts about the hole. Yeah, uh, I'll, Mark, I'll, st I'll still consider it being the worst one on the course. <laughs> Excellent, Mark. Eddie Guerra wants to know what weed killer do you recommend for uh, for, for working on the lawn. What weed I mean, killer? Oh, yeah, geez. I mean, doesn't that depend on the type of grasses that you're trying to kill weeds from or the growing conditions? You shouldn't have any weeds in your lawn. Yeah, come on, Eddie. <laughs> no, I, don't know. Those weeds. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I sprayed Roundup on mine when it was completely dormant. So okay. just uh, sprayed it on the whole thing and um, made sure I didn't inhale any. All right. I think I know the answer to this for Henrik, so we'll, we'll start with him here. This is from Morgan Klum. If you were stuck on an island with one club, what would it be? I mean, I would hope it'd be like a club and maybe a ball and a tee or something, but this only says one club. I'm assuming you'd take the trusty three wood with you, right? 
Oh, if I'm if I'm stuck on an island, I'll take the uh, I'll take a sand iron because it's going to be a lot of bunky <laughs> practice on the beach. I think. Oh, I like that. I like that. I'm, way, I'm like the way you thought through that one, uh, Mark. How about you? If you're on if you're on an island, what, what club are you taking with you? Oh, I'll take a two iron just in case there's any invaders. I can bring a two iron. <laughs> <at them. laughs> okay, I like that, Jim. How about you? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Um, on an island, uh, driver, I can hit it as far as I can, you know, which isn't very far anymore, but I'll take the driver. <laughs> All right. Danny, how about you? We'll go Seve style. Eh? We'll, we'll try and hit some of those bunk shots off the desert, bait to the three iron. Oh, I, like I get them little three iron flop shots going. Right. This next question is a very serious golf question. This is from our friend Bjorn, who refuses to use any of the social mediums and is texting me. Uh, can anyone remember a round during which they totally lost the concept of the golf swing and were they able to find it again after a few holes? If so, how? I'm assuming this is because this happens to Bjorn every time he plays, and he's just <laughs> trying to get some free advice from you guys. So, Jim, any any recollections where it kind of got away from you and then you got it back and what you did? No, I think always, always. Uh, I've, I've fired some li- really low rounds, actually having, like, the worst warm-up sessions ever where I felt totally lost and, you know, kind of hang in there the first couple of holes, and you find something in your swing that feels good and, you know, Lo and behold, you know, end up shooting like six, seven, eight, nine under at the end of the day. So I, I definitely, you know, I, I think the hardest part is to, we all have a kind of a way to just, if we're not hitting it that well or not playing that well, we can kind of get it around, right? You can bunt one out in the fairway and aim for the fat part of the green and, and you know, kind of bide your time for a few holes until you start grooving a swing. Yeah, Henrik, same question. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I remember one time, uh, this is actually way, way back. It's about 20 years ago. I'm playing a challenge to event in, in Finland and I'm, I'm hitting it so bad in the warm-up. And then I went out and I mean, I can't remember the score, but I'm pretty sure it was a bogey-free 65. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah. At least at least Henrik thought it was a 65. How about you, Danny? Anything it sounds like it. Out there? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't remember like like losing it in a round and finding it again in a round, but definitely I think we've all had it. I had it in Morocco one year where I couldn't hit the driving range um, on the Sunday morning in the warm-up and it was pumping with wind on the King's course and there's water and I mean, it's just a tough golf course and uh, and yeah, I went out there um, and I think I shot seven under that day and I literally, I wasn't sure what to hit off the first. I was tempted to hit seven iron off the first, but I didn't think I was in the fair with that. So um, yeah, it's just it's Par 72 one, really. though, right? Exactly. Yeah, so 65. Yeah. It always, always. <laughs> it's much. the best number you can shoot. Well, I, it definitely wasn't bogey-free. Even um, if you didn't shoot it, it's still the best number you can shoot. Yeah. No, so it's, it's, it's a strange one, you know. We, we, we lose it and fight. Well, people feel like they lose it and find it and all this all the time, but there's, it's, it's often it's just something little or, or, or even that they just need to get focused in, you know. A lot of the times we'll warm up pretty poor and then, you know, you'll engage yourself a little bit more when you stand on the first tee and you don't want to embarrass yourself too much you might just focus that a little bit more nice mark anything that you kind of recall that oh i mean i'm sure there's been moments where i've I've completely lost it um the good thing is if you know we lose it they they, and and, well and we're playing good before that they generally stop showing us on tv (laughs) people don't see is that Um, is that I was actually i had this conversation with my wife audrey last night we were talking about we're watching two of us from the voice and um I was, 
just saying to her, what happens if you just forget how to sing when you're on this show? Like, you're just going to look like an idiot in front of everyone. You can't hide. you got to finish the song. So it's kind of a similar thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, or like forgetting the words. You know, yeah, no, the words in the middle of the song. Yeah, but I, I can't remember a specific moment where, where it's happening. All right. All right, a couple more questions and we'll let you guys go. Uh, this is Callaway Golf Podcast. We would love you to subscribe, uh, rate, review. Not you, Henrik. I don't want you to rate it. Uh, but wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Also, check out our other podcast, uh, the Girls in Golf Podcast. Uh, they had a really great one with Sandra Gall the other day, Lex and Sarah. And uh, Fitting Room Podcast, Nate Adelman always does an amazing job. Uh, quarantine mailbag coming up. It's been really fun. All these uh, fans have been emailing in their kind of fitting and tinkering questions because they have nothing to do but sit at home and tinker with their clubs. And Nate's going to be able to answer a lot of those. That'll come out next week. So subscribe to those podcasts as well. Uh, Billnet wants to know what fun formats could the European and PGA Tour use to make use of the available time from, say, the 1st of August to the 1st of December. I know, Henrik, one of the, the bummers I read the other day is that your Anonica's event is going to be postponed for a year. That certainly was, was a format I was most looking forward to this year. But if you guys could kick around some formats, that would be fun if, if we're trying to get a lot of golf into a short window of time. Anything you'd recommend that you guys would want to see? Well, I mean, if, if I jump ahead there, I, I think uh, it was obviously a shame that the uh, New Orleans tournament uh, – the Zurich uh, tournament got cancelled because I think that's been something that's been a bit of a highlight for both the, certainly some players and fans uh, over these last couple of years when it's been a team format. It's, it's something different. It's been kind of in a good spot, I think, a uh, couple of weeks after Augusta. And if you're taking Hilton head off, then it's a good time to get going again and, and just have a bit of fun with, with one of your good friends and, uh, and play, uh, play a different format. Going into this compact uh, kind of schedule in the fall, if we now can get back as as we hope, uh, I don't know if there's going to be any any room to throw something else in there. I mean, it's just going to be a uh, a bit of a shuffling around to try and get as many and many regular tournaments uh, in as possible that's been postponed or cancelled before. So it's uh, I don't know if we're going to see any new formats really. All right, well, let me take this question then. John Sweat wants to know, um, how many golf balls do you have in your bag at the start of a round? Um, and when do you take one out of play? Let me start with you, Jim. How many, how many balls do you start off a round with uh, in a typical one. tournament round? Nine. One. Nine. 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 <laughs> okay. So I take a ball often? out uh, when I hit it in a bunker, uh, groove marks from a wedge, uh, and I never really play one for more than about three holes. Okay, how about you, Mark? I have 12 at the start of, uh, That's start of the day. Maybe because of that, that day that I lost it, that I can't put a date on it. Um, <laughs> get a few in the sauce and a bit of a phobia of running out of balls. So, uh, yeah, 12, 12 new balls. How about you, Danny? Yeah, the same. dozen balls and then however many you use a day before, you kind of just top it up for the next day. So there's usually, yeah, there's right. always 12-ish. All right, I'm assuming Henrik keeps 65 in his golf bag, but what is the what is the actual answer? No, I'd say um, somewhere between six and nine in in general. Uh, probably okay. seven or eight. Seven or eight would be a normal number. I thought Jim only carried one, and I've never seen him lose one. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't say. He says for when he gets scuff marks, when he when he hits a perfect wedge and it takes some of the the, yeah. the, the ball. Yeah, okay. That's always changing. I, 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 I give, I give yeah, him the benefit of the doubt on that. These MB fives are just ripping it up. <laughs> yeah, most aggressive groove in golf. All right, uh, Golden Maker, which let's just say that we would have an LPGA, PGA Tour, or European Tour scramble. Which LPGA or LET player would you want to play the scramble with? Let me start with you, Mark. 
Poor, jeez. Um, I reckon one of the um, the Thai girls, Jutanagan. Yeah, Jutanagan. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, let's say Aria. Aria? All right, Danny, how about yeah. you? Uh, I think there's a, a real good player that's going to be around for a long time in uh, called Anne Van Damme, who looks real solid. Yeah. Golf, so, um, yeah, we'll go with that. How about you, Jim? I'll take anyone. I want someone that bombs it. I just want, I want someone that hits it far. So Henry? I hit it so I hit it so short. Yeah. I just want someone long. I want to hit wedges <laughs> in the greens. Nice. All right. I was I was gonna say the same as uh, as Danny because mm -hmm. Anne uh, she's she's uh, playing she's a neighbor, practicing. Right? Yeah, yeah, she's playing and practicing here. She can she can really give it a good smack. Mm. But since Danny already uh, took her, I'll take. Uh, Anna Nordqvist, and we keep it keeping uh, keeping it Swedish. Yeah, I mean, I think Inby Park would be great too, because all you have to do is get it on the green, and she's going to make every putt or leave you with like a little <laughs> tap. And if she decides to miss it, she would be yeah. someone that'd be great to play yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a good one too. I'm sure Susan Petersen would come out of retirement for you, Henrik. Yeah, yeah. Or Annika. Uh, Annika's pretty good. She, she did pretty yeah. good in her day. Oh, was she was she any good? She was all right. She was Most right. people are old enough to remember. <laughs> So. <laughs> we do wow. remember how good she was. Wow. Yeah, I mean, she was she was amazing. The problem is, so many people, you know, kind of forget us. That's one thing that is kind of fun with all this, these old masters on, uh, with you know, '86 on uh, yesterday, and they're going to show 1975 over the weekend. And I don't consider 2010 an old masters, but maybe it is. Uh, it's kind of cool to get a chance to kind of catch up on on the history because we're also kind of in the day to day. Uh, of golf. Hey, I just want to thank you guys for taking some time. Um, we're lucky at Callaway to have such great ambassadors. And um, I know Phil was disappointed he couldn't make it, Jim, but um, I'm really thrilled that, <laughs> that the four of you guys could carve yeah. out some time today and, and join us. Didn't want, to down, that, uh, didn't want to downgrade the star power in this show. No, no, not, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. Plus, plus, we didn't have a fire. No one has a fireplace to do a fireside chat. Um, you know, it just wouldn't be appropriate. But uh, thank you guys so much for spending some time with us. Uh, this has been the Callaway Golf Podcast. We're going to be back next week. We have Will Gordon on Thursday. And I believe we're trying to put together a happy hour with Kevin Kisner on uh, Tuesday. So we may have to start that one at like, what, noon or something like that, uh -huh. just to kind of keep it sort of <laughs> safe. But uh, we will do that. All right. One last question. I'm going to sneak in there to each of you. Uh, what do you all use to identify your golf balls? What, what do you mark on it? Because I think that someone's trying to, to steal yours off a of practice range, Henrik. This is from Michael McCallum. Well, I used to, uh, I used to line it up back in the day. So I always got a, mm -hmm. a, a black line kind of over mm -hmm. on the side of the golf ball. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. use that really for lining up, but that was the way I marked it back in the day. So I just kind of okay. carry on the same way. So I just got right. a line on this, on the side of it. All right, Danny, you? Uh, I've got uh, a green 16 um, and a green on mine. So quite nice. I like a gym. I uh, usually have a line on the ball. If I don't have a line on the ball, I put two dots left of the number and one dot right of the number. And why Perfect. is that? Uh, <laughs> three is my lucky number, so that's why you put three dots. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right, why, 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 why yeah. two left? Why not one left? <laughs> uh, I've, got, uh, I've got two red dots, one either side of the Callaway V. The underneath nice. it, so um, yeah, one on either side. Perfect. I have a 65 that I write on the side of my golf ball in anticipation of the day that I I see a 65 winning <laughs> winning a major. Um, thank you guys so <laughs> much that, for joining. Is us. that the year you were born? 
It was not. As you know, as you know, I was born the same year as you, and you are older than me because you just celebrated a birthday <laughs> earlier in the week, and mine's not uh, for another month, month and a half. I think I think we should have a poll: who looks the oldest, you or me? <laughs> I'm probably not going to win that poll. I'm probably not going to win that poll. But I always do tell people that born in the in the year of 1975, between Henrik Tiger and I, we have a lot of majors. So, <laughs> so you didn't even get it right. Always yeah. trying to mess with me now. Always trying, always trying. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody, and watching to the Callaway Golf Podcast. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank Enjoy you. it, guys. Enjoy Stay it. Stay safe. Thank you. Yeah, Peace. likewise.